Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. When I was in grade six, I almost had a girlfriend. For our second date, we saw a movie on the weekend. I nervously put my arm around her. The circulation really made my hand hurt. And then I turned to her and we shared a kiss. We're just two awkward children making out during this is it And Michael Jackson singing beat it in the background At this point we weren't aware of his background I don't think she enjoyed it I definitely could have used chapstick The date was so frustrating So I gave MJ a really low rating Yeah Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. Happy anniversary to basketball. Shout out to James Naismith. Way to do your work on this day in 1891. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the yard, and alongside me, thanks to the power of technology, Tass Mellis. I thought the anniversary was like a week ago or something. Man, I can't keep up with the internet. December 21st, 1891, that man and his peach basket invented the game. Canadian man in Springfield, Massachusetts. We love to see it. Uh, And filling in for JD all week long, let's bring him in here. He had some uh, pastry issues this morning. It's Jerome Chang. Hello, everyone. Yeah, no, I I got a coffee right before starting this broadcast. And um, so I'm lining up behind someone and... (laughs) It's one of those smaller coffee shops, you know, they deliver just a limited amount of pastries on the day, nice fresh croissants, muffins, all those Mm, things. Delicious. Delicious. I'm ready for my almond croissant. I'm ready to have that with my oat milk latte. She grabs all of them. Every Mm. single one of the croissants available. I think she's grabbing it for a meeting. I don't even know if she knows the coffee coffee shop she's at. It's one thing if she's just like... I love every one of these, and I want to eat every single one of these croissants, but I think she just did a scramble. And mm. I, I, I got to say, there's got to be, like, I don't know, I don't want to get too, like, is this good about this, but mm-hmm. there's got to be something about monopolizing and taking <laughs> everything available in front of you. I don't think, you know. Um, you don't think it's fair? 
You don't think I it don't should think be allowed in this? You, think, you think it's an unwritten rule? Because she think didn't break a rule, Jerome. It, there's it's no true. rules that are broken, but I feel there's like a little etiquette that's going on <laughs> when it's a limited supply. Um, so you are you're, you're starving right now. You've got your coffee, but I'm, I'm a no, little no treats. <laughs> no treats. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how this helps all the boards that I'm loading up for the rest of the day. <laughs> Fascinating. All right, we'll get you a, a croissant later in the day. Don't Thank you, you worry. Fa- found coffee, by the way. Some people in the stream team were asking where I went, so found uh, coffee. Oh, quality oh okay. Toronto yes. spot. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, shout out to the stream team as you mentioned them here in the comments, joining us live on YouTube. Comment away. Like the video. Did some big like numbers yesterday. I think people thought I was serious when I said the more likes we get, tasked, the better our Wi-Fi connection gets. <laughs> but maybe it's also true. You're coming in crystal clear here today. Yeah, move locations. Kick the family out and actually uh, I'm allowed to be in my house because oh. uh, the last two days I was in my garage. So uh, things are better now. Daddy's got to work, kids. Get out of this room so I can talk to my friend about basketball. Uh, yeah, so we love the like, uh, the like numbers yesterday. Let's do it again today and subscribe to No Dunks. If you haven't done that, send in your questions and comments to nodunksattheathletic.com. You can tweet them in at nodunksinc. That's I-N-C on the end. We're hitting the beach later today, and uh, we got a good four or five questions to tackle. But Tess, there were like 80 tweets where I was like, oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's a great comment. Oh, that's a good trade. I don't know if we got to hit the beach later this week, too. There's so many good ones. I, I fear just letting them, you know, vanish into Twitter thin air. But maybe we can do it later. But we'll get to it on today's show. Yeah, or well, we're also going to plan on doing a show Monday as well. There's uh, time for that as well. Throw mm. them in there. Um, Christmas is Sunday. I'll be done with my family, you know, by that night. So they'll be out again Monday morning. We'll do another show then. Probably our last one of the year. Yeah, we are planning to at least jump on YouTube. Um, Jerome is going to have some holiday fun going on, so it might be tough for us to flip that into a podcast. But join us on Monday, where Tass and I will get on YouTube here and uh, talk about the Christmas Day games and maybe answer some more of your questions. So keep them coming. Uh, Get your limited edition Christmas wedgie shirt. It's available at nodunks.com. It's a beautiful, bright red. I actually wore green today, Tass, because you were sort of wondering, you know, can you pull off a red with that t-shirt that we have? And I said, well, look, I wear red and green around the holidays. So thank you for uh, inspiring this. <laughs> you got your Canadian denim on there today. I like the look of that. Did you know James Naismith invented basketball on this day? <laughs> I could have sworn I saw a Peach Basket tweet like three days ago. So confusing. Well, when you think about it, okay, did he write the rules Yeah. on this day in 1891? But okay, let's say he did that. I mean, he was spitballing this sport. He was inventing it for maybe weeks or months at a time, was he not? Yeah, maybe three days prior, he was at his local coffee shop yelling at everybody, telling everybody about this new sport. He was posting it on the the bulletin board. He's putting it up. But three days later, the peach baskets were up and uh, the young boys were running up and down the floor there and throwing it up in the peach baskets. Who knows? Yeah, no dribbling back then, too. Different game. Mm. Uh, if you're still looking for the perfect holiday gift, too, give someone the subscription to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash gifts for a 50% discount on all plans. That deal good up until the ball drops on New Year's Eve. Theathletic.com slash gifts uh, if you want to give that to somebody. Okay, so we're going to tackle last night's games, but we're sprinkling them in amidst all this NBA news. And we start with the big news yesterday, Task Billionaire mortgage lender Matt Ishbia is finalizing a purchase of the Phoenix Suns 
and the WNBA's Mercury for a record price, $4 billion. That is the new record, Tass. Um, big news yesterday, obviously, uh, down in Phoenix and across the NBA with a new owner here, probably. Robert Sarver got a deal. Uh, you, you throw out that number, and, and sometimes it's hard to wrap your head around it, but he bought his team in 2004 for $400 million. And so he got mm. 10x, 10 times the price for the Phoenix Suns. And it's it's wild to think that for everything that he did, you know, the reports initially from, from ESPN about what he did to create a crappy work environment, mm-hmm. to treat people like crap, to treat women, to treat uh, everybody around him like crap, he was only fined $10 million, pennies, basically... Uh, the number is like, you know, it's like 0.25% of what he paid or 0.0025% of what he just sold it for. So I think looking back, uh, really, sure, he took some public criticism, but the guy just made 10x on Mm -hmm. what he bought. So I think that is something that the league can try and change, that that shouldn't be the highest amount that 10 million is the highest amount an owner can be fined for something that you know is deemed to be wrong and in this instance he was he was fined 10 million dollars that that 10 million means absolutely nothing when uh, a team can sell be sold for billions it's the same amount that a team can be fined for tampering so i don't know if it, that number actually goes up because it has to be approved by the board of governors essentially the owners right. so, uh, so uh, I, I, it is a slippery slope to just say, hey, we're taking the team from you, which is what people wanted from from the team to be taken from Robert Sarver initially. But this team represents the league. And it is unfortunate that uh, all those uh, all, everything that he did, essentially, and uh, really, I mean, he just got a teeny tiny slap on the wrist when all is said and done before we get to, to Matt Ishbia. I, I just wanted to mention that because mm-hmm. that has to change. Uh, really, that, that number has to go way up. Yeah, for those of you who maybe weren't keeping up on the story or even listening to the podcast, Sarver announced that he was selling the Suns and the Mercury in about mid-September, which was on the heels of a 10th month investigation into his conduct as a majority owner, which detailed allegations of racism and misogyny during his, you know, basically his entire tenure there, like 17 years. Find the 10 million, like Tass said, suspended for a year. There was that as well. But here he is selling now. And yeah, I mean, he 10x his uh, his purchase of the Suns back in 04, which I think was a record-breaking uh, purchase then for 400 million. So that just shows you, obviously, the evaluations uh, and where these have gone. Just astronomical numbers here from 2004 to now 2022 with this one going for uh, for $4 billion. <laughs> along with the Mercury. Um, yeah, what do you think about, uh, as we pivot to the new owner here, uh, the likely new owner, as this gets finalized, uh, Matt Ishbia. Um, are you, were you aware of this guy, in all honesty, before this sort of news broke yesterday? I'm not in the owner circles. But no. if, you, if, if you do listen to some of these, uh, the people who are in the know, then yeah, he was around. He was uh, a leading candidate for purchasing the Denver Broncos before mm-hmm. they were purchased by the, the Waltons, the Walmarts. Uh, recently, and uh, that was, I think, a, a record-breaking $4.5 billion, and this one comes in a little lower mm-hmm. at $4 billion. Uh, he, will, he would be the youngest majority owner in the NBA at 42 years old uh, because he's, he's uh, 
done well with the family business, United Wholesale Mortgage. So I wasn't really uh, aware of Matt Ishbia, although you do see United Wholesale Mortgage on the jerseys of another team. That's right. Of the Pistons. So apparently that won't be affected. There's no tampering there. They'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll still be wearing the old uh, UWM. They don't okay. have to take that off. Okay, good to know. And then, of course, uh, what everybody was sharing about Ishbia yesterday was that he was a walk-on for Michigan State. Uh, and he was a part of the Spartans 2000 National Championship team. Which, again, I am not a college expert. But that was like, that's like Mateen Cleaves and like Mo Pete and Jason Richardson. I think I have that era right of that Spartans team. So it's got to be. This guy's a, I mean, he's a hooper. I like, uh, look, we know nothing about this guy, what type of owner he's going to be, how hands-on he's going to be, hands-off, you know, frugal, whatever. I can't can't imagine he's going to be worse than Sarver, both as a human and probably how he takes care of his business in terms of, like, trying to put a little bit into it. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I like that he's uh, got some, some basketball ties there, Tess. That's always fun. I can't yeah. imagine Sarver was good at shooting basketballs, was he? Uh, Yeah, this guy's an NCAA champ as a walk-on. He said he was the 14th best player on a 14-man team. But uh, I wonder, sure, he loves ball. He's probably a basketball lifer. But he was only months away from buying the Broncos instead. Uh, This uh, this guy loves sports, man. He loves sports. Uh, He loves uh, making bucks, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Because, uh, yeah, he turned uh, the family business into... uh, a huge, huge moneymaker. And I think his brother will also be part of uh, the ownership group to some degree. But yeah. he's not a 100% owner, which is what some people thought would be happening. Uh, I, I think the, the reports are now he's somewhere in between like the 60 and 70% range. So a lot of the previous uh, minority shareholders will still be there with, with the Phoenix Suns. But uh, it's good to see that Robert Sarver is gone from the NBA and... Uh, I, I, ju- I just want some sort of uh, some uh, some sort of punitive damages to be handed out if things happen like this in the future because sure. it's like uh, a reminder Sarver wasn't forced to sell the team mm-hmm. you know he decided at some point that it's probably my best interest to sell the team and I yeah, think he, it was. I think he was probably encouraged let's say sure by the you would hope so by sure by them silver but NBA, also but, yeah, yeah he also made a lot of money so I'm no, sure he's no. not upset yeah. by it yeah yes uh rich asshole gets richer uh you know news at 11 um look at these though we put this together this graphic here shout out to Jerome for helping us out with this just the last five NBA franchises sold we're on a bit of a run here, Tass. I don't know if you want to pool our money together and maybe make a play in 2023. I know you take care of your finances, but uh, the Suns going for four billion last year. The Wolves 1.5 billion. Year before that, the Jazz 1.7 billion. Year before that, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, Joe Sy there at a record at that point 2.35 billion, and then back in 2017. The Rockets at $2.2 billion. That one, uh, Tillman for Tita. Um, and then Balmer back in 2014, I guess, was about $2 billion for the Clippers. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good business to be in, I guess. You buy one of these teams and just watch the money go up, 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 up. Guaranteed billions. So congrats to all the owners who make yes. a lot of money. Uh, so let's talk then a little bit about the Suns. I mean, Ishbia buys this team or again, is finalizing the deal, and they go out and lose to the Wizards. 
Can he like? Uh, can he say, "Nah, nah, I actually don't want it. Me and my brother were not interested anymore." This the Wizards snapped a ten game losing streak, uh, beating the Suns last night, one thirteen, one ten. And there was a, uh, you know, there was some some spicy clips going around from this one, uh, specifically uh, clips of Aiton and Bridges getting into it a little bit on the floor in terms of what they were running or who was messing up, and that sort of translated or found its way, I should say, into the huddle. Where someone, you know, five rows back got a clip of Monty Williams and Aiton visibly frustrated and sort of going at each other a little bit as things fell apart late in this game for the Suns. I don't know if your thoughts on this. Oh, we got the clip here. Beautiful. Yeah, well, it was a bad night for the Suns on the floor, and maybe the ownership change kind of overshadows this, but they were up 10 midway through the fourth, and then the Wiz went on a 25-12 run to end the game. And this huddle that you're seeing, if you're watching on YouTube, was about 138 left in the fourth. Kuzma hits a three. The Suns are down five uh, after that big lead. They call a timeout, and DeAndre Ayton and Monty Williams are getting into it, and Monty Williams is is talking directly to DeAndre Ayton, and you can see Ayton sort of point over uh, towards Chris Paul, and I think it's fair to say that Monty Williams basically says something like, I ain't talking to him. I'm talking to you, and... You could see Bismack Biombo and other teammates try and get Aiton back on the right page here. And yeah. it's easy to rem- forget. <laughs> like, after all this, Aiton was the guy who was set in game seven of that second round series with the Dallas Mavericks. And it, it sure seemed like, uh, you know, so th- th- that everything isn't entirely, entirely uh, gone there in Phoenix. Now, of course, they don't have Booker in this game, uh, but. You know, there, there's obviously some issues there. And then, then they go to the line uh, a, a little bit later in the game. The Wizards are at the line, and Mikel Bridges and DeAndre Ayton uh, are, are, are talking. It sure seems like Ayton missed a screen set. Yeah. And then you get Ka- or, um, Bradley Beal jump in and do the classic Joakim Noah. Like, yes, loving that you guys are really pissed off at each other. And there are some issues there. Chris Paul... Uh, ran into a screen from Taj Gibson a little bit earlier in the fourth, battled through it. Uh, he was dealing with look looked like a, a shoulder-neck injury, reminiscent of what he went through uh, game one against the Lakers in the 2021 playoffs where mm-hmm. they went on to win that series, went on to go to the finals then. So, yeah, some bad stuff there. Uh, I think that is definitely something to monitor. I, I think that's uh, – sure, you, guys get into it all the time, but the fact that Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton are getting into it after Ayton sat him – after sorry, after Williams sat him last year in the postseason, I, I think that is real stuff. That ain't just one little blow-up, Skeets. What do you think? Yeah, and then, I mean, by all accounts, they didn't talk about it at all. That was the other weird part about it. It's like they have the blow-up, they have the sitting, and then it just, like, festered, I guess, for <laughs> – all summer long, but then they come back and get off to a decent start. And Aiton had that massive stretch. Aiton was a monster in this game. I mean, he put up a really, really good stat line, and then probably made some, uh, you know, uh, boneheaded plays down the stretch where he didn't know. It appears that one play where he was running the wrong thing. He didn't know where to set the screen. He didn't know how to free bridges. Sort of looks lost out there. And yeah, they're probably getting on him. Come on, man. This is a close game. We let up the lead. Got to be sharper. There's no Booker. You know, Chris Paul is injured. You got to sort of step up here. Um, and he took offense to that. Yeah, there's something. Look, there, there's, yeah, there's some underlying. Um, what's the word for it? I don't know. It's like we're just like waiting Tension. to see if Aiton will be traded, I guess, too, is the whole other part of this thing. Really? And does, 
new ownership change that? I don't know. You think that Aiton could be on? Uh, he's on the in the rumors for sure. You think he could be on the block? You think? Yeah, but the whole thing was. I mean, he couldn't be traded right until uh-huh. he's a January fifteenth. If I if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's not great to have stuff like this. You know, this stuff uh, bubbling to the surface as you get closer to the possibility of trading the guy, but. He's been so good for them, too. So maybe this is nothing. Obviously, they're just pissed off that they... I think they came into this game thinking they were going to hammer the Wizards. And then they got punked. So it was like, oh, crap, we better play. So they did. (laughs) They went on a massive run. Then they think they're like, oh, we've done enough. They're going to roll over and die. We got this one. And, you know, the Wizards, kudos to Beal, kudos to Kuzma and stuff like that. They stepped up, hit a bunch of shots and and stole it from them. But the, the Suns were like... They're all pissed off with each other here. Uh, everybody playing a part in giving up that lead. It should have been a game they won, and I think they just thought they were going to easily fall into it. Obviously, if you're uh, looking at it positively, cup half full here. They're 19 and 13 in one game out of the top of the Western Conference standings. A ridiculous amount of talent up and down that roster, and that's why they'll win a lot of games here in the in the regular season. They should have won an additional one last night. But in the playoffs is when things could fall apart when they're not mentally as tough as, as other teams like last season. So they should still have a ton of wins. They should still be a 50-win team in the regular season. It's the playoffs mm-hmm. that will we'll see if this all falls apart. And obviously, Aiton signed a, a contract offer with the Indiana Pacers. He's, he signed that contract in the summer, but the Suns matched and, and he came back. So is he happy? Uh, you know, he has been playing well. There's no doubt yeah. he's, he's been he's been very solid, uh, yeah. But there are some things festering, obviously, mm-hmm. on this team. Um, well, let's move to uh, another big story yesterday, and we can pair it with them, sort of uh, quieting maybe the headlines a little bit with a win last night. I'm talking about the Chicago Bulls. We had the Athletic with the headline: Bulls struggles include managing on-court disconnect between Zach Levine and Demar Derozan. And there was a lot in that about those two maybe not seeing eye to eye. And there was a lot about Zach Levine and Billy Donovan maybe not seeing eye to eye and what was going on there. But then the Bulls go and snap a four-game slide last night, Tass, topping uh, the shorthanded heat, 113-103. So, I mean, is this uh, this story already dead after they go and pick up a W in Miami? Or, or could we see a little bit more fallout from this? What do you think? Well, I don't really think there was a lot in the story about DeRozan and Levine hating each other. I don't. I don't really think there's much to take from that side. There's the lead paragraph lists the best players haven't found a way to win here, and I, it was interesting to read that the Bulls have had multiple team meetings to try and work out their issues. And quote that has included one-on-one, face-to-face sit-downs between DeRozan and Zach Levine. So they're sitting in chairs, interview style, like four feet apart, looking at each other and, and talking it out. I mean, that, that would be hilarious. I, I would hope to see some film of that, even if we don't get the audio. That would be uh, hilarious. But I I don't really see that problem. I don't really see guys hating each other. They're just losing. And that's because uh, what's different than last year? Obviously, Lonzo Ball's not there to be sort of a glue guy at the point guard spot. And Patrick Williams is playing and starting where he wasn't last year. But they do have 12 returning players. Uh, and they just don't have enough players doing the dirty work. Their D has actually been solid, but really, they don't 
play for each other on the offensive end. I, th- I think it just takes the oldest guy in the room, the guy who doesn't give an F, uh, to say it. And that's what Goran Dragic said uh, in, in a bunch of interviews you know, posted on The Athletic the last few days. We're not playing for each other. It's as simple as that. Uh, someone told me, and he was right, it's easy to talk about sacrifice, uh, but somebody else's sacrifice is easier to talk about. When it comes to you, you have to sacrifice for the team. That's a different story. And I think that's what's happening. Look, Zach Levine doesn't look like himself. And you can see body language. He's pissed all the time, even yesterday, even in a win. He brought up the ball. He gave it to Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams decided to drive it. He throws up his arms. Like, what's going on here? I, I really just don't think they, they love playing with each other and they aren't playing with each other. And I think Lonzo Ball probably covered some of those issues last year. He only played 35 games. They're 10 games above 500 when he played, and then they're 500 the rest of the way. Uh, so uh, they, they, they obviously miss him. And uh, they miss leadership, really. Levine hasn't been that type of guy. DeRozan has never really been that type of guy. Vooch hasn't been that type of guy. And so I, th- I think they miss a, a, a point guard that kind of brings things together uh, in Lonzo Ball. I think also uh, to include in all of this was the funny timing of Billy Donovan getting the <laughs> secret, if you want to call it that, extension during the offseason when uh, we found that out a couple weeks ago. And we're like, what? what the, why the hell was that a secret? And why are we just learning about that now? And this article that we had on The Athletic, um, it, it felt like it was a lot coming from Zach Levine himself. Let me put it that way. Uh, in terms of this story and how uh, the, the conflict or not seeing eye to eye, like I said, with uh, especially Billy Donovan. You're right. I, I think there was less to the DeRozan and Levine, like, you know, hating each other or something like that. These guys were like best buds, like not long ago at an All-Star game. Um, so I don't think it was that as much as probably Billy Donovan and Zach Levine. And a big part of it is a lot of the effort that Zach Levine does and does not give, I think, uh, from possession to possession. Now, last night, you know, the AP report has a hilarious line. For one night, all was well with the Bulls again. Okay, you're playing the Miami Heat, missing some of their star guys, but they were down at halftime and they roared back with a really big, strong second half. Levine, 21 points on a more efficient, just 13 shot attempts, seven assists, six boards, Team high plus 21. And then DeRozan getting his and Vooch getting his. I mean, they had the their their quote-unquote big three all contributing on the same night. And I thought they at least showed a little backbone last night, not rolling over and dying after halftime and coming out and getting the victory over a Heat team that's just as perplexing as the Bulls maybe. But I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe it turns their season around a little bit here. Because wins cure all. But, uh, you know, just because they beat the Heat, it's not like it's a done deal and they're moving on and moving up the rankings. Uh, oh no uh, they, yeah they won a game without Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry on the other side and uh, it, it's odd because the team is middle of the pack defensively which is all you really want with this Bulls team when they're starting uh, DeRozan Levine and Vucevic middle of the pack that's totally fine it's the offense which is uh, surprising and I think the Patrick Williams continuing to start him is a problem, and uh, yeah, they, I think they miss uh, a glue guy in Lonzo Ball. I mean, that's 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 what they are. Uh, that's that's the same guys coming back, and uh, they're yeah, they aren't really playing for each other. Also, weird note from this game: last night's Bulls Heat game, the league's first with zero blocked shots since the Pistons Raptors back in 2016. Zero blocks. <laughs> Not a single one. Now, they sometimes go back and change that after the fact. I don't know who's got the 
the sucker job of having to rewatch the tape and uh, find out whether there was a block or not or whether they want to credit one. But I checked this morning and that box score still said zero, which is uh, that's just a little random fact there for you, Tass. Two guys that Thanks. were in that 2016 game were in last night's game. Can you name them? Sorry, who were the teams? Pistons, I, I Raptors, out. back in 16. Obviously, uh, Bulls heat last night. Who are the two players that played, at least, in the game? One's yeah. obvious. Uh, DeRozan. DeRozan. The other one's a little more difficult. He was on the Pistons. Now he's on the Bulls. You made a short about this man not long ago. I made a short about a man not long ago. Name this ago. player. I just flipped. Name this player on you about uh, the same player. Drummy. Yeah, Andre Drummond. Big penguin. Uh, got He got some minutes there last night. Didn't get a block, though, because no one did. Um, I'm Just final thought here. Whether you want to buy this turmoil here between the Bulls superstars and their crappy start and they got to, like, make a move. The idea of some other teams with their stars. Like, Zach Levine? Any possibility? I mean, we tried to trade Vooch on yesterday's podcast, which we found to be a difficult sort of task. Like, who really wants him? Who's really given up much for him? He's an expiring deal. All that. But any possibility at Zach Levine and that big old contract being explored as uh, moving off of him? Or no way, Jose? What kind of value are you going to get for Zach Levine right now? He ain't he ain't leading his team. Uh, the numbers are not the same as last year. He does look like the surgery bothered him, still bothering him. Now, he's not looking like the same player. Max first year of a max deal. I think his body language and he has to improve for for this team to get better. I, I ain't putting the blame on DeRozan or or others. It's got to be on the guy who gets paid a ton. So I don't see the trade. Do you see a trade coming? No, a lot of people in the stream team, and you've probably seen this online. Some sort of Lakers Bulls trade where Westbrook's contract going back, and and of course the picks. To get the Lakers a player like Levine. You know, there was obviously uh, even DeRosa was rumored at a point. Uh, my favorite one here in the stream team is Levine for Beal. Just swap him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, that would be hilarious. Uh, but no, I don't think it's likely that a guy like Zach Levine is going to be moved right now. But I do think that whole Billy Donovan extension is is something. Uh, and is just as perplexing as it was a couple weeks ago. Uh, now if they are continuing to butt heads but maybe a win helps everything and they'll get a little win streak going here i know trey would be happy uh the other games last night tass we had the knicks destroying the warriors 132 to 94 bing bong the knicks are back they're hot that's eight straight wins for them Jokic had a triple double a good old clean 13 13 13 to lead the nuggets past the grizzlies that was the late game on tnt and then lowry markinen yes there's dapper Jokic. uh lowry markinen Scoring 38 to lead the Jazz past the Pistons, 126, 111. Any thoughts on any of those three games? Well, yeah, the Knicks, ridiculous, ridiculous. They ran the Warriors out of town. Now, obviously, yeah, no Curry, no Wiggins, and a couple guys off the bench uh, not there, and Jermichael Green and Dante DiVincenzo. But the Knicks are bullying teams and playing with pace and – Playing hard. They have, they are finding their way. It's it's wild. So the starting five that they've settled on and Brunson, Quentin Grimes in the backcourt, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell, that's the fourth best starting unit in the league. Teams that 
of, of units that have played 150 minutes together. That is incredible. Wow. They, they are they are rolling. Do you know who the three better teams are in terms of their five starters beating the other team starters? The Warriors were really good for yeah, a while. Yeah, the Warriors yeah. are still there. It's kind of wild. The Warriors still there. They're, they're uh, five when they go together. The Celtics? I don't know. I'm guessing. Yeah, the Celtics. Yeah. One yeah, more? Yeah, um, you, just, you just mentioned them. I just mentioned them. Yeah, when you're you're going through the games there. Oh, the Nuggets? Yeah, the Nuggets. Oh, wow. There you go. Uh, so the Knicks, yeah, the fourth best point differential per possession of their starting five, and they've got 12 of their next 15 against sub-500 teams. It's wild. They're playing hard. They're playing tough. They're killing teams. It sort of makes sense that the Nuggets, as you mentioned, the 13 and 13 and 13 from Jokic, that their starters are good because they depleted their bench coming into the season, but... Jokic, the god, he has brought them into a tie for the one seed. The mm-hmm. Nuggets are up there, even despite uh, them depleting their bench. You got another Jeff Green huge jam last night. I, I can't what believe it. What is with it. this guy? I mean, this, does he get just drug tested after every game at this point? Like, it's, he, he was soaring on that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. It's it's crazy. You think it every year it's going to be his last year adding to the the mixtape, but man. Uh, and Jokic obviously adding to the mixtape with the assist no, there. Although if you, you were talking about checking the tape and blocks and all that, he had a 14th assist that he didn't get. Katie Wingy <laughs> broke it down, but let's go with the triple 13s there. Yeah, uh, that's pretty nice. pr- pretty cool. And uh, yeah, he he was he's dressed to impress. We saw that suit. My yep. God, the suit is beautiful. He he was asked about it after the game on TNT, and he simply said, "It's business." It's business time. No, what yep. he said. What he said was, yeah, really. It's I, I'm, I'm showing up to work. Got to wear a suit, uh, looking good, and uh, leading his team again. Tied for the one seed quietly with uh, Jamal Murray not looking like himself, and Aaron Gordon playing probably his best ball of his career could easily be uh, an All Star joining him if the Nuggets continue to rise in the standings. Yeah, I think. Yeah, look. I could see, I, I could squint and see Aaron Gordon as like an all-star injury replacement, right? Uh, if if one or two are, is needed. I, I don't maybe see him getting selected, but uh, he's played awesome for them. What was your favorite Jokic pass from last night, though? Was it the one where he, I mean, both were of the no-look variety, but the one where he sort of in the paint sort of flings it over his shoulder, or the one where he, you know, hut, hut, and uh, dropped it between the legs to a cutting uh, Brown who threw down the dunk. Which one are you going with? Yeah, but between the legs for Brown, no doubt. <laughs> uh, I mean, that was that was nice. <laughs> uh, you know, respect. I've been noticing this uh, from some of the Nuggets players. I have no idea if it's true, but some of these incredible Jokic passes, like these unbelievable dimes, where you're like, "How did he see that come in?" or "How did he slip it through there?" I think a lot of these guys, Brown included, last night. They're purposely trying to throw it down to make the highlight even better. Uh, that one, caught, I was like, he could have laid that in quite easily last night on that pass. And he's like, no, no, I got to dunk this. Make it even more of a highlight. And uh, I feel like Gordon's done, Gordon likes to dunk everything. But of course, uh, there's a couple other guys where I've seen a couple times this year. I'm like, mm, respect. They respect the pass so much that they're trying to hammer it down when they could have just laid it in. Yeah, it was interesting hearing uh, Kevin Durant was talking to Jamal Crawford about dropping Daniel Gafford. We had a we had a short talk in shorts. We had a short uh, about you know Gafford and and getting into the splits there. And Durant said that he pulled up 
for the J because he was thinking to himself, what's going to look cooler, mm-hmm. pulling up for the J or throwing it down? I do agree. You drop a guy, the J is the way to go, but he could have thrown down a jam too. That's unique in those situations. All yeah. guys, all guys pull up, you got space, shoot it. Uh, but he, he said in the moment, that's how, how fast his brain is working in basketball terms. Nah, I'm just going to pull up. looks cooler than throwing down a duck. But I, I think the duck would have looked even more unique is all I'm trying to say. Well, good wins from the Knicks, the Nugs, and the Jazz, who uh, continue to stay above 500. And Lowry Marketing, I mean, at this point, at this point, it's going to be, you're going to be like upset if he doesn't make the All Star team, right? If he doesn't get selected. The guy keeps putting up like 35s and 38 last night, nine threes. Like, he has to be there. He has to be the representative of the Jazz, especially in a game in Salt Lake City. I know uh, people expected him to uh, to fade a little bit because he has tend to, you know, ha- hasn't had this type of season in the NBA. Uh, but he is staying strong, boy. Uh, Thirty eight last night, yeah, tying his career high and uh, a new personal best of nine threes. And it could have been easily could have been forty. He left the game with uh, with two thirty nine uh, to go. Could have got to forty. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's he's staying so solid. So yeah, if it's coming down to guy like Markinen versus Aaron Gordon for one of those All Star spots, got to go to Larry. Yeah, yeah, that's that, and that is why I think AG then goes to like the the injury replacement type level. But then again, there are not a ton of bigs in the West. That's it's all guards. It's like oh my god, how do we leave off this particular guard or this particular guard? It's it's a it's a smaller pool of like all-star level players uh, when it gets to the forwards and center spots in the West. So maybe AG straight up makes it. Um, his case has helped if the Nuggets have the number one seed uh, for sure in the Western Conference. But uh, vote, voting is now official. Have you voted yet, Tess? Is it today? Or well, it starters yesterday. yesterday it was launched, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, well, I'm voting for Lowry. Okay. No doubt. I'll, I'll get him in there. But uh, yeah, thanks for the reminder. Is it a double day? I love double days. Uh, double days. There's a couple of them. I, I, I don't have them circled on my calendar, but I, if when I find out, I'll let you know. You like, <laughs> yeah, you like your vote know. to count twice, do you? Uh, exactly, of <laughs> course. Uh, but uh, I like uh, no repercussions for my vote. Just like I'll have no repercussions for telling Dysolus to yes, do this. He's thrown in there nugs wow. plus sixteen hundred to win the NBA championship. Do it, yes, sir. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Do it. Riding high. Why not? I mean, geez, it's not my are, money. Those are some juicy odds. Look, the team doesn't even have Michael Porter Jr. playing for them, and they're, they're uh, racking these up, uh, these wins up. Um, get to the, obviously, get to the finals with what's happening in the West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it breaks right, for sure. you got an MVP guy in, in Jokic. Um, yeah, that's Wearing not an insane suits. bet at all. Sprinkle a little bit on every team in the West. <laughs> Cover your bases. Because who knows who comes out of there. Okay, let's take our first break. Uh, when we come back, though, we're going to hit the beach to answer a few of your NBA questions and comments. All right. No dunks still here in the yard. If you're joining us live on YouTube, hit the like button. Play your part. Uh, let's slip this news in real quick before we hit the beach. It happened right before we went live this morning. Woj reporting, after six seasons... Atlanta's president of basketball operations, Travis Schlenk, is moving into a senior advisory role. GM Landry Fields will oversee basketball operations. And then uh, what was saying, how Schlenk acquired significant talent, including Trey Young, and they reached the Eastern Finals in uh, 21. I guess uh, an official report or announcement coming from the Hawks later today. Any thoughts on Schlenk moving into this different role and Landry Fields taking over duties tests? Well, it's uh, a good move to get a guy, younger guy in there without really shaking up the front office. You know, it's not a firing. It's a move over uh, to a, a different position for Travis Schlenk and for Landry Fields to really take over. I believe in Landry. Sure, uh, Travis Schlenk's moves haven't entirely worked out. Obviously, one conference finals and then uh, a fallback since then has not been you know, what the, the Hawks fans have desired or obviously what ownership desired. Although it, I guess you'd think about it, Skeets, a few months ago he basically traded the entire cupboard for DeJounte Murray, and now Landry Fields is taking over. So are they peeved with that particular move? Because, I mean, they, they, they approved something where he absolutely went for it with that move. Uh, mm-hmm. But but it sure feels like uh, they're <laughs> they are peeved with it. They want something entirely different with Landry Fields. I always wonder when something like this happens to a guy, a guy whose name has been in trade rumors for like at least two years running in John Collins. Does it, does it make it more likely something happens here uh, as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline with now Landry Fields in theory, picking up the, those phones and making those calls and having those connections with the other GMs and the other people in, in charge of the decisions on the other teams to maybe move him. Or, or the opposite, and uh, you know, Fields is like, no, 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 Collins, we can, we can keep him here, and that's a good piece, and the contract he is isn't all that bad. So, I don't know. If I'm guessing, put me down as the uh, the the, uh, the the first option there that this helps a guy like Collins potentially get moved for something. I I totally agree because Landry Fields, a grinder in the NBA, uh, somebody who you know found his way in the NBA, was well liked uh, in the NBA, and it's like. The old thing that people say about coaches that 
those type of role players often make better coaches than superstars because they had to, number one, they had to work for it. They're better probably communicators. They, they take uh, direction better. And maybe Landry Fields understands that the John Collins factor, better talent than they're, what they're going to get back, but maybe not the best fit chemistry-wise. Yeah. And, and maybe Landry uh, yeah, makes that change and understands that there's got to be a different mix in that locker room. Maybe it's Jay Crowder. Maybe it's somebody to just piss people off. <laughs> rather it's also than possible that focused. Nate McMillan is uh, ultimately let go too, and they bring in a coaching change. There's that. There's that option too with someone new above you. Yeah, calling the shots. That's true. That's that's true. I guess why wouldn't they do that first um, if they're gonna? Mm-hmm. But uh, can't wait. We'll find out. Uh, let's hit the beach. Let's do it. Yeah, stepping on the beach, the only place to read your emails and tweets. And we need the beach here in Atlanta. I don't know where you guys are tuning in, but it is cold here in the south. And it's only going to get colder. Tess, are you worried about your uh, pipes freezing in John's (laughs) Creek there? You're by a creek. No? Yeah, you're going to run your pipes there, Skeets? You got to run the pipes, as they say? No, No? I'm definitely not going to do that. But it is supposed to get uh, down below freezing here which is uh very very rare for Atlanta no matter no matter what season it is that just doesn't oh, happen often even during the day it's going to be you got to run your run your water skis no I'm now. not doing I'm not doing that I'm not going to be doing that um I'll take my chances on that um but yeah we're on the beach cuz it's a little warmer and that's where you guys send your emails and your tweets no dunks at the athletic.com or tweet them in at no dunks inc i said off the top my god we got like i don't know we got like a, almost 100 great not okay. All of them were not great, but I want to say fifty really good tweets last night uh, with some good questions and comments. But we'll get to a couple here. First one from Jesse: What has to happen to the Nets team-wise for KD to get serious MVP consideration? Uh, again, thank you to Jesse tweeting that in. Do you do you buy sort of Jesse's premise here, Task? That we're always talking about the MVP table. And who's at the top of whatever the MVP ladder and all that? And KD has been overlooked despite unbelievable numbers. His team now getting some success. Is that fair? Is Jesse right? Jesse is a hundred percent right. We've been saying it for a little bit now. His numbers are comparable to basically every star around the league. Yeah, but he's yeah. he's at a disadvantage. He's fighting an uphill because his locker room has been turned upside down for the first month of the season. But what does he have to do, Jesse? Well, he just has to keep doing what he's doing. Uh, he is, he he's been so solid and steady all season long. Uh, but I I think like let's say he's at the same level as Jason Tatum and the Celtics if they get up even that high mm-hmm. if, if they're able to climb that high. And right I mean, now like they're, they're three climbing. games back of the Celtics right now. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. The Celtics have fallen off. The Bucks are right with them. Bucks are are playing incredibly well it looks like the one seed is theirs to lose now because they're back healthy they've they've exceeded my expectations for the regular season but i think if durant was even with tatum he still wouldn't get it uh, just because he'd be punished by voters uh, because of the locker room because of all those stories because uh, oh, because he, he requested a, a trade in the offseason too do you no, think because the whole yeah the whole yeah. the whole kit and caboodle yeah that's part of it the Kyrie thing is part of it the, the, the nash firing is part of it yeah, the whole thing. But if he's able to recover, and I would say 
have a better record than the Celtics. If they if they are able to beat the Celtics in the standings, then he that's his case. Mm-hmm. And so so that would mean between fifty five and sixty wins. And yeah, that would that would be it uh, for me. Yeah, I think it's it, it is overlooked in the sense just how great this season has been for Kevin Durant. Like this is the greatest season he's ever had in terms of just pure efficiency, like effective field goal percentage, still scoring 30 a game. He's averaged more uh, per game, but uh, not this efficient, which is which is pretty wild. I mean, it's almost like it's Curry-like in that sense, right? Where it was like, Curry's won MVPs and he's having an even better season than he's ever had. I think that's sort of going on with Durant right now, but uphill battle to climb to win it for sure. Um, I think because the voters are not going to feel great about giving their vote to someone that did want their their coach fired. Okay, that's happened before in the NBA, and obviously they moved off of Nash and it seemed to have worked out, so maybe he was right. And or like the ultimatum of like trade me, all that stuff happening in the offseason. But he's still there, and he's kicking ass. I think he's like squarely at the table though right now too. Mm-hmm. I think because of Curry's injury, I think maybe a little bit because of the Celtics and Tatum having a... a um, not a rough patch by any means, but they were just like lights out in the first six weeks, that it's a lot closer, KD Tatum, if you're picking between the one or two of them to sit there with Jokic and with Giannis. And, uh, I mean, who am I forgetting at this point? I'm probably forgetting. Oh, Luke, I guess, but his record sucks now too, his team uh, dipping below 500. So yeah, he's yeah. he's there. He's there. I ooh. For him to win it, uh, I mean, like who has a tougher chance to win it? Jokic? Or KD, because Jokic, of course, the narrative of like, oh, they don't want to give it to him uh, three years in a row. Only the mm-hmm. greatest of the greats have ever done that. What do you, what do you think? Well, it's probably Durant. I know the Jokic, obviously, yeah, the, the two-timer, that hurts him. But he also has the ability to take his team to number one in the standings, as we're seeing right now, which would be so different than uh, the last couple of years. So he's got, he's got that advantage in, in a way, uh, while... Yeah, the Brooklyn Nets stuff is just so fresh on every voter's mind. All that crap going around that team, including yeah his his demand for a trade. So uh, the Bucks are making it hard, and Giannis is making it hard on everybody too. The way they're climbing the standings, they dealt with Chris Middleton no problem, and now they're the best team in basketball. They've yeah they've surpassed the Celtics. Yeah, the MVP tracker on Basketball Reference has Jokic at number one with a. Nearly 47% probability, you know, to three-peat here. Then it's Giannis at about 15% in second. It's Luka with his unbelievable stats, despite the team being 15 and 16. He's at 11%. And then it's Tatum, Durant, Sabonis, yes, at six, AD, Mitchell, Curry, and Zion. Okay, so that's what the uh, basketball reference MVP tracker currently has it as, but... Yeah, Katie's Katie's sitting at the table. I I think that's for sure. All right, let's get to our second mail question here from Dream Googles. That's his handle. That's um, that, his that, or her handle. That may have been a typo by me. <laughs> I think I think it was Dream Goggles. Oh, <laughs> all right. Uh, My bad. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So Dream Googles says uh, the idea for the flexible Christmas slate is actually great, as we talked about. Just Mm. change the games if someone is injured. In fact, I'd love to hear a segment about an ideal Christmas schedule for this year as of right now. Dream Googles, 
I've been dreaming about goggles. this uh, yep. slash goggles. Sure. I've been dreaming about new graphics for our mail questions. These are looking great. Simple, simple. These are looking great uh, through my, uh, my dream goggles. I'm seeing some nice graphics here. And if skis, if you were looking at the December 25th schedule, I know you said, why can't we change it? Why don't we flex it? I yeah. totally, I totally think that we should be able to. We should 100%. It's killer. It's killer for the league, even though Morant's playing the Warriors and you got Morant there. Curry is not anymore. Curry will not be playing. Yeah. It hurts. It hurts with all the that promotional sucks. materials out there. The first game I see every time a promo comes up for Christmas, it's Warriors and the Grizzlies. And obviously the Warriors are not the same without Andrew Wiggins. I mean, Steph Curry. Uh, so get... Get some, get somebody else in there. What, what would you do, Skeets, if you well, could? Well, let's let's quickly remind everybody of what the actual Christmas Day schedule is, because I don't think it's terrible. I mean, oh. it sucks the injuries and all that, but here here it is for just a reminder. It's the 76ers and Knicks at 12 p.m. They get us started there. The Knicks always get that uh, slot for the most part. Lakers at Mavericks 2:30 p.m. Eastern. Bucks Celtics. Oh, I like that. 5 p.m. Eastern. Grizzlies Warriors at eight. And then Suns Nuggets at 10.30. Again, like that's that's pretty good when you have to make this schedule in, what, August or whatever they do it. Like, that's not bad. I, and I remember we were like, okay, yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, sure. But yeah, a couple of the injuries or maybe some of these disappointing teams uh, diminishes that, uh, that schedule a little bit. So let's flex it up, baby. Now, here are my rules. One, if your record is under 500, you're out. Okay? I'm just going to make that rule. Uh, so that means the Lakers are not going to be playing on my Christmas day. That means, unfortunately, the Mavericks are not going to be playing on my Christmas Mm. day. That means I can't put on my Homer hat and play the Raptors on Christmas day. So that's, uh, that's just going to be one of my unwritten rules. The other one is if your superstar player is injured, then you're probably coming off the board too. Mainly what I'm talking about here is the Steph Curry injury. We know he's not playing. So let's take the Warriors off of Christmas day. Let's give them that day off. They're always playing on Christmas day anyway. But I had one other thought here, too, before I get you to my five that I want to see. How about, as a form of punishment, Tass, either like the worst two teams in the league or, or something, or maybe we even put it to a vote, teams with the worst vibes, teams that, uh, for whatever reason, people have soured on or disappointing teams. Like a punishment is, hey, you guys got to play at like 9 a.m. on Christmas morning. So it's like uh, we would have teams trying to avoid being in that spot. No one wants to play at 9 a.m. in the Christmas morning. I mean, I wouldn't mind it on my TV while we're ripping gifts and stuff like that. Sure, mm, just have it on in the background. I thought it gives, gives them something to avoid, though. They would play their asses off to try and stay out of that game. Okay, but let's take it a step further. Empty arena, no cameras. Okay. Because I don't <laughs> No want, cameras, I, wow. I'm not watching that at 9 a.m. That's kind of a punishment for the world. No, how about this? Okay, let's compromise. No fans. They got to be there at 9 a.m. to play, to tip ball, but we only use like the backboard cameras, like through your NBA overtime app or something like that. It's all automatic cameras. Like we don't have to have a, a poor TNT or ESPN crew in there. Just let <laughs> well, we the, got, the we robots, got robots do it. for that if we want. Yeah. Yeah. It, but you're killing the fans, uh, like the people at home. I don't want to. Why? I don't want to watch that. You don't have to watch it. Well, yeah, I know, but you're like if you're the if you're a Rockets fan, you're gonna have that on, 
it's no, it's no good for anybody. I think it's it could be suck. the most entertaining game of the day because it would be like a shit show. These people, like, they're all tired and hungover. They're all they're angry as hell. All these players and coaches would be pissed that the league's oh, yeah. forcing them to play at nine in the morning. Anyway, I think I love okay. I love watching hungover people play basketball. One of my favorite things to do. See? Joss, uh, he uh, he or she agrees with me. Okay, um, let's get to my actual schedule. If I'm flexing away, here's what I'm gonna uh, propose to you, Tass. I have no problem keeping the Knicks in MSG at the 12, 12, excuse me, 12 p.m. slot. I have no problem with the Knicks in that 12 p.m. slot. All right? I'm a man of history. I like it. Tradition. And they're they're on an eight-game win streak, so they're playing really well. They could have a 10-game win streak going in if they can take care of the Raptors and the Bulls this week. I think it's the Raps tonight, Bulls on Friday. They could be on a on a 10-game win streak come Christmas. Uh, day so yeah they, you're a man of history they played the first nba game on this court well so there you go this was the the court in toronto in <laughs> in 1946 they should play on this court okay i'm they not against play. that idea oh, well, it won't, it won't be against the huskies though okay it's going okay. to be the brooklyn nets versus the new york knicks just keep it in state it's a rivalry we've tried to make happen <laughs> doesn't really sort of catch on but you know nets are playing great right now they got the superstars to draw some people in the casuals nets knicks 12 p.m eastern from msg the greatest sports arena in the world okay i can't believe christmas is four days away i, I was know, just I, I was just thinking you, you said that luca isn't making the list because he's sub 500 well he's got time to do it he, he doesn't have time not a lot not There's a lot four days remaining this is wild uh, Okay, so Nets Knicks. I'm gonna keep the Bucks Celtics game. That's a perfect matchup right now. Two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. I'm just gonna I'm gonna move it up to the two thirty slot. I prefer that time on Christmas Day. I mean, we get into the five. I've got Christmas dinners. Like mm-hmm. uh, I'm a distracted at that point. So mm-hmm. I, I'm put I'm putting it to two thirty. But we're more keeping important, it the exact more same. important time slot for you. Yeah, more, you're more you're more alert. I, I hear you. As, yeah. Also, it's like the third game. That's a bad time slot. It's three yeah, games we, in a row. It's like watching three NFL games in a row. I'm done by the third game. You know? Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. So, okay, Nets, Knicks, Bucks, Celtics. Then at 5 p.m., I just want uh, hopefully some some highlights, something to yeah to reinvigorate me and, and watching the hoops. How do you feel about a Cavaliers Grizzlies game at 5 p.m. on your television set on Christmas mm. Day? I mean, Donovan Mitchell versus John Moran. I mean, somebody's going for 40 in that game. I will guarantee you that. I like adding the Cavs. I just hope that the Pels get added as well. Oh, don't you worry. All right. Just make it. Because our next game, it's the real rivalry right now in the NBA. It's Suns Pelicans. That's a good one. So that's where we're putting it. 8 p.m. Eastern. I don't think that's too crazy. Uh, I wanted, I, I went back and forth. Ah, do we put it in Phoenix or do we put it in New Orleans? I think that crowd right now. In the uh, in the blender there in New Orleans, I, I think they uh, I think they would be a, a fun crowd on Christmas Day. So I'm going to give them the home team, and we're going to let them play for the what the fifth time. <laughs> gonna, they've already played four times, right. so it's an issue. But who cares? Just do it again. No one's really keeping track. So Suns Pelicans at 8 p.m. And then my final game, a little wild card here. I think Jokic has to be on. I think I almost think it should be a rule if you're uh, the reigning MVP, you should be featured uh, to some extent. So Nuggets are going to Sacramento to play oh! the Kings. We might see the beam lit on the top of the Christmas tree of the Golden One Center. We might not. 
And I think we have an entertaining Nuggets-Kings game at night. So there you go. I'm going Nets-Knicks, Bucks-Celtics, Cavs-Grizzlies, Suns-Pelicans, and that frisky rivalry. And then we got the Nuggets and Kings. What do you think? Listen, we all make mistakes. Uh, throw, throw it in the Sacramento Kings there at the end. It's, it's wrong, Skeets. It's so wrong. who should it be? Well, it could easily be the Sixers is fine. Joel Embiid banging Nobody against. wants to watch the Sixers. Nope. No, Joel Embiid versus Jokic. Come on. Even okay. even even this I understand your rule. I'd rather have Luka versus the Nuggets. It shouldn't be the Kings. I I know there's got to be a a better solution than a, a Christmas a star on on top of a Christmas tree. And and I'm all up for thinking about a beam on top of a, a tree as a solution if uh, somehow some way at home I, I think that would be cool but i'm not up for the kings at the end i you, need you some great. fun basketball at the end i don't want the sixers i'm sorry a lot of people do not enjoy watching them people are saying the clippers do you watch the clippers it's not that enjoyable i'm they're good but it's not an enjoyable watch yeah so N- you drop you kings drop, man that's you, the nightcap you, you drop the warriors you drop the lakers acceptable. yeah i have to i have to yep. acceptable yep. uh i i mean I, I would throw luca in there or, or the sixers in there but i'll but all, all in all, the New York rivalry to start, Bucks, Celtics, Cavs, Memphis, I'm always up for that. Phoenix, Pelicans needs to be done. Yeah. And uh, the okay, last Okay, how do you game feel I'd about Nuggets, up. Blazers instead then? Mm. Instead of Nuggets, Kings. Yeah, That's all fair. Right. I see the stream team suggesting yeah, that's, that. That's, that's good. Cool. I got no problem with that. Okay, it's one of those ones. All right. All right we cool. fixed it. We Great flexed stuff. it. Woo. And all it right, should be question. able to be flexed. Yeah, well. it absolutely should. Um, next question from Brandon. In a vacuum, does OG Ananobi have more trade value than Carl Anthony Towns? And if so, should it be that way? What, what a think? question, Brandon. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What, wow. what, what an incredible question because it it, it got me thinking. This from Zach Lowe's report that everybody wants OG Ananobi and that the package would be on par to something similar, not quite the package that was garnered for Donovan Mitchell, which is... Multiple draft picks. We're talking multiple draft picks and good players. Essentially, Lowry marketing uh, a recent draft pick in Abaji and Colin Sexton. And I started thinking, is it possible that OG would garner anything close to Carl Anthony Towns? Now we're talking about two players on two very different trajectories. Carl Anthony Towns drafted in 15. And in the GM survey done by NBA.com after his rookie season, and then again after his second season, was voted to be the player that GMs would most like to build around. The number one player. And that's, that feels like eons ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and it was. And in terms of basketball, that's five full seasons ago. Now, OG Ananobi, obviously in a different trajectory, but 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 but. Not the same package, I don't think. Still a little short of Carl Anthony Towns' package. Uh, but that's uh, it's a very good question. And I still don't think OG's going to garner anywhere close to Donovan Mitchell-type package. No, this is this is insane. What, what are people talking about? I love OG. It's not even close. <laughs> I mean, he's a great defensive player. Yes. He can score a little bit. Sure, he's gotten better, no doubt. You know, he still is always injured. I mean, there is that. I don't know, for whatever reason, we don't bring that up with this guy, but it's tough to get <laughs> it's tough to get 70 games out of this guy, let alone a full season. So there's that. That's a bit of an issue. And it's like, 
he is not getting three or four draft picks. Like, we're not, not even close to that sort of package. It's going to be like, if you get two, okay. Two and obviously a young prospect, maybe. But this is, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised by these reports. That I'm not surprised that everybody wants OG. Of course they would want him. He is a great third, fourth, fifth player on your team. He's not a superstar. But as whatever you think of Carl Anthony Towns, I, that's disrespectful to Cat. I, 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 they're totally, completely different players, but there's a big, big difference in my mind between the two. And I love defense. But this guy, people say he is, he's like Kawhi 2.0. Like that, pump the brakes, man. He's not. He's not that, I don't think. I mean, he's, I'm going to say it. OG's a lot closer to Aaron Gordon than he is to Kawhi Leonard. Okay? It's a lot closer. He's probably in between, but it's a lot closer to that one than it is up there at, at Kawhi's peak. So that's where yeah. I'm at on him. Yeah, you were looking, uh, if a team was going to trade for him, it would be a team that, overpays because they're right at the championship level and they know that they need a number three, essentially a a guy who doesn't have to create for himself like an Aaron Gordon, uh, but can create after everybody else, you know, has their turn is secondary creator. uh, And yeah, can defend like all hell. And it just takes one team to overpay. And when you said two draft picks, it reminds me of the bulls essentially overpaying for Vucevic, you know, when they had Zach on the roster and then they go and get DeMar after Vooch, but they traded two first round picks plus a young player in Wendell Carter Jr. And that's going to look like a steal for uh, the the Magic. But if you're the team that trades for OG, you want to win. You're, you're, and you're going to give up that much. You're on the precipice of winning. You have to be. You're not trading him like the Cavs did for Donovan Mitchell to be the number one guy. I would hope not. It doesn't, it right. doesn't really make sense. Right, right, right. Um, but there you go. Uh, Brand, what was it? Brandon, 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 um, Brandon great, Ebert. Great question. Um, and look, I mean, cat's not being moved. Cause I don't even think he technically can be moved yet. Right. Carl Anthony towns. Um, but I can't wait to see uh, whether the wolves move off of him and, and lean into the Anthony Edwards, uh, as your star player, as we've talked about, well, feels like all week long here, the last couple of weeks with him uh, being unlocked in space and being the playmaker. Um, but we and, can't get to uh, those hypotheticals just quite yet. And if I'm Masai Ujiri, I do think about listening to all these offers. Because, yeah. because yeah. The, yeah. The, his value couldn't be higher. And I thought in the offseason, if he was the primary part of a, a trade for Kevin Durant or Donovan Mitchell they would be smart to do it because mm-hmm. they need a different type of player on that team. Uh, there's no doubt as our man, John Schumann is, is throwing out there lots of overlap between him, Siakam and Barnes. He doesn't create shots and the raps need shot creation a hundred percent. And, and you bring up a good point about OG not being healthy. every single season he gets, he's out for a stretch yeah. and, and I, I think Masai probably should have pulled the trigger in the off season. But again, as, as we're getting here with, with from Brandon's question, from Zach Lowe's reporting, the trade value could not be higher for OG Ananobi. Uh, and I don't know if it'll ever be higher, but he's he's worked himself into being a, a great supporting player. A Yo, really, really yeah. good one. And I, and I put all the trust in the world in Masai Ujiri to, to hopefully fleece somebody if he makes the decision to move like an OG. Like, maybe he will get way more picks than I can even imagine he'd get in return. But... I mean, he hasn't had a lot of trades, Masai Ujiri, where you felt like he was a loser in a deal. I mean, there just haven't been many. 
it, it's the opposite. It's like, oh damn, holy crap! How did he? How did he get that for X? You know, it's like he's he's got a pretty good track record when it comes to to making these moves. So if anyone could get a what sounds insane to say out loud, like a Donovan Mitchell like package for OG. I'm sure it could be Masai and a desperate team out there that that wants to add a, a third or fourth player that could help their chances to go really far in a in a postseason run. But that's that seems far fetched. I think it does. But it but then yeah. you think about what the Wolves paid for Rudy Gobert, and then it becomes a little bit more. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like if it's a, they they that was an overpay because yeah. they thought they're one piece away. And I did see uh, it was. Ian Begley, I believe, of SNY.TV. I mean, the, a lot of this OG stuff was happening before the Knicks win streak. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But, like, the idea that the Knicks wanted OG, but it was happening before they went on, like, this eight-game win streak. And maybe that's, like, now that they've got a rotation and they're feeling good about their team, maybe it's less likely to happen. Um, like, because I guess, like, are the Knicks considering RJ Barrett as, like, a as a a player you would move for a player like OG and then whatever else has to trade hands. Like, you know, Schumann said the idea of the Raptors using RJ Barrett as a score and someone create a little bit more. Sure. But I don't think the Knicks right now, you know, you're not going to you know, upset the apple cart when you got an eight game win streak going, or you're actually playing good defense under tips. No. And they're not one piece away like that. I think right. when we're talking about all these, it'll look like a good trade if you go and win the championship, if you're the Bucks and you overpay, it sure felt that way at the time for Drew Holiday. You trade three draft picks uh, and two pick swaps. That's a lot, but you go and win the championship, all worth it. Um, you just got to know that you're that close. And the Knicks aren't, don't know that they're that close. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's, that's, that's what it comes down to. You win, give up all the draft picks, but if you don't, then you should probably keep them. So. Yeah. Do we want to get one more in, or do you want to get uh, to uh, pick them and, and tweet of the night on the other yeah, side? Yeah, I want to get to pick them and, and tweet of the night on the other side. Okay, let's do that. Uh, keep those questions coming, though. Like we said, uh, we'll hit the beach maybe later this week or even on that Monday YouTube show. Or, hell, I ain't going anywhere. I'm avoiding the airports. I'm not flying up to Canada. Too cold. So I'll be here all week next week. So maybe we'll do a couple more uh, just Q&As on the live streams. But uh, let's take our final break. When we come back, uh, pick them results and tweet in the night. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Back here with No Dunk. Skeets, one other thing we can do this week and on a, uh, a YouTube video on the December 26th, as we talk Christmas day, we'll also bring up a lot of, uh, or open some of our packages that we've been getting. Mm-hmm. And I'm showing you here a couple of nice stamps. These are Yogi Berra stamps from wow. something we just got in the mail. So keep sending us your packages. 
some yeah. great great stuff oh, coming yeah. in here and it's I, I can't wait to open this these are my christmas gifts i can't wait to open this one in particular we got from our man jeremy bippo uh this is uh so there's baseball like, cards in there well that, no skates no they're they're not they're not they're bigger than baseball cards they're something else i don't know what they are so just open it man just open it now no i can't i can't okay. it's not christmas uh <laughs> you don't you, you were never allowed to open uh you know one smaller gift oh if i was gonna like be beaten before. yeah yeah if I wow. wanted to be beaten, sure. Wow. Jeez. That took a turn. Um, okay, pick them results last night. I had the Grizzlies because I thought, uh, yeah, after John Morant got ejected uh, the game before, he was going to come out, send a message to the league, ball out. He did. He was amazing. Everybody else was a piece of crap for the Grizzlies last night. It was embarrassing. Nobody could hit a shot from Memphis outside of John Morant. So the Nuggets and that Bond villain Jokic uh, got the easy victory. So they covered uh, as dogs. I mean, that's a straight up um, money line win. So Denver wins and Tassin Trey slash Jerome wins. So I'm five and nine. In fairness, yeah. Skeets, would you have bet otherwise if you knew that Jokic was going to show up to the arena like that? No, uh, no, no. As soon as I saw that, I was in trouble. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. when a guy shows up, I mean, I also think it should almost be illegal for a professional athlete who's basically seven feet tall to have shoulder pads in his, uh, in his, um, suit. Like you're, they're the most, you know, fit chiseled people on the planet. You don't, it makes them look even crazier, uh, in shape with the, the shoulder pads he's got. Right. Am I alone in that? No, without quite, but I mean, it goes really well with the turtleneck. I think it like it's it's Power just look. it's very key to have like all the angles. Uh, made him look. Yeah. Uh, I didn't notice. Look quite I didn't, slim. Well, yeah. Well, I didn't notice the. Oh yeah. I didn't notice the shoulder pads. Oh, 100 percent. Oh, when you see the up close, it is very apparent. Mm. I mean, it looks awesome, but it's like it's not fair in my mind. Yeah. Come <laughs> on, man! You got sloped shoulders like the rest of us. You gotta <laughs> deal with the consequences. I don't care uh, how fit you are. All right, well, Man. let's let's get to tonight's games. Nice pick, Jerome, last night. Uh, let's see if you can do it again. The Lakers in Sacramento are six-and-a-half-point dogs. Uh, that's a lot of respect for the Sacramento Kings right there to win by seven <laughs> or more. Uh, Skeets and Trey Jerome taking those Kings. That's, uh, I'm happy to take the points with the, the Lakers who, yes, they're playing on Christmas Day. Yes, they're side 500, but they do play – pretty hard a lot of the time so it's not as uh a bad taste in my mouth thinking about them playing on on christmas day so let's see how they uh they roll into christmas day with a, a game tonight against the the bean boys yeah they're missing a lot of guys i, I yeah. mean lebron even playing in tonight's game yeah tbd yeah he's tbd okay he'll play on christmas, i'm just you know that i'm just purely play. betting on the beam that's all it is betting on the beam mm. yeah, yeah they need to bounce back after their uh abysmal performance the night before okay two of us with the kings task taking the lakers he gets all those points to play with let's get to tweet of the night mm. tweet of the night wow twitter well i loved these i loved these pair of tweets for Tweet of the Night, uh, and they go hand in hand. Now, one came in over the weekend. I saw it from at HeatNation.com. Remember, we had the Heat and Spurs down in Mexico City for a game. Well, Jimmy Butler reveals he ate crickets in Mexico. Quote, mm. I had crickets. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I'm not going to say I'm going to like line up and eat a thousand crickets, but I definitely had that. Flash forward to yesterday afternoon for the second tweet. I mean, you can't write this stuff, Tass, uh, at by Tim Reynolds. 
Jimmy Butler is questionable for tonight with gastrointestinal problems. Oh my God. The crickets got him, Tass. They went down okay, but they did not sit well in Jimmy's stomach. Or at least oh, coming out the other end. Don't blame the crickets. It ain't well, the crickets. Uh, oh, you don't think so? Something on the airplane coming back? Uh, it's something. It's just a, a Jimmy chilling game. It happens to Jim. It's too funny. It, it's funny. But have you ever had crickets? I think I have once. Yeah. 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 Did you sit out a show? No. You never no. sit out a show. No, no. But no cricket problems. I mean, I just like I like uh, I like his confidence in thinking the crickets were like no big deal, and then like two days later, he's like listed as out because he's got issues with his stomach and his ass. I bet I bet Jimmy is such a showman, such a comedian. He got the extensions for media day, and then took him out because he knew he'd have the photograph ready mm-hmm. for the rest of the season. I bet he just said, "Oh, my knees hurt." You know what? Put down gastrointestinal problems and then people people will say that it was the oh crickets. this is like a bit you're saying eh? yeah so, yeah well how about uh, this from uh chicks here in the stream team I, don't, I i i can't fact check this but i'll take your word drew holiday missed a game after drinking cricket tea on serge Ibaka's show mm. <laughs> so the crickets yeah. are crickets are the kryptonite i watched for... that episode of how hungry are you yeah i drink i would drink cricket tea after should be that. how thirsty are you if he's drinking cricket tea yeah, yeah. Anyways, crickets are fine. It's okay. very sustainable. I've had them too. We'll and cricket tea is day. consistent across like all the episodes of Hun- How Hungry Are You? Oh. So if we're going on stats, like it's a truth or dare segment where you either answer the question or you drink the cricket tea. So uh. every player has done it. So it's it, it's not like a high probability that cricket tea is going to take you out if we're basing it on that. Well, also they they film these like in the summer, do they not? Or like at least well. I think in I think a lot of them are banked. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. chicks. Sorry yeah. to. Yeah. Sorry to poke holes in your <laughs> cricket theory there, but uh, something's not adding up, right? Yeah, there's it's a cricket conspiracy going on here. Okay. That was that uh, was a good episode too because uh, Drew Holiday FaceTimed Giannis Antetokounmpo. He was kind of surprised when Giannis eventually picked up, and then Giannis yelled at Serge Ibaka saying. You're a rebounder. You're a screen setter. That's all you are. That was pretty good. That was very good. I can do Greek impersonations. I'm no, allowed I to don't. do that. It's, it's totally That's uh, it. Totally That's fine. it, though. No impersonations of any other country, unfortunately. Maybe Canadians, I guess it's a lot. Yeah, come on, eh? Uh, let's call it there. That was a fun show. Thanks to everybody here joining us live on YouTube in the stream team. Hit the like button if you haven't already. Comment away. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. If you're a podcast listener, leave your boys a five-star rating and review, especially at the end of the calendar year. That would be nice to have some new reviews as we head into 23. Help us in terms of the basketball podcast rankings. Help us stay near the top for 16 years running. I mean, the longevity at this point, it's, it's really unreal. You know, these new podcasts, they show up, Tass, and their numbers go boom, and then they're suddenly right there at the top. Mm-hmm. But you know what happens? You start to slowly dip down. Can you maintain it like TBJ slash the starters slash the free agents slash no ducks? I say I like, nay. I say nay, they can't. I like how you said, help us stay near the top well yeah i don't know where we are i don't i mean who knows sometimes we're we're top five somewhere sometimes we're top 10 sometimes we're top 20 and it changes from country to country you know the philippines they hold us down yeah we we might still be number one for all i know there 
yeah so help us out and uh we will be back tomorrow and it sort of sounds i guess like you're saying goodbye skeets but we're not going anywhere we got people in the stream team asking is this the last episode of the year are we back tomorrow no tomorrow friday monday yeah no we're YouTube. not going anywhere monday on youtube back tomorrow tomorrow uh we're ripping some packs again uh, some Top Shot packs. We'll do that later in the show tomorrow. But we have a ton of games on tonight, so we'll be breaking them all down, or uh, as many as we can, on tomorrow's podcast. Live at 10 a.m. Eastern here on YouTube. Jerome, thank you. Tassie, always great to see you. Everybody, thanks again for joining us live. We'll see you tomorrow. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, are there cricket cheese steaks? What? Is that hmm. my holy king throwing that in there? I don't know if Jerome knows that. But anyways, that, I'm not going to ask you, Jerome, don't come on. I'm interested in the cricket food world. I'm interested. Brace the day, people. <laughs>